Homeschooling our children gives us the incredible opportunity to adapt to their interests and talents in powerful and affirming ways. But it's also a challenge. Today's guest homeschool veteran Elena LaVictor is here to tell us what it's like homeschooling a girl athlete. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and today I'm talking with Elena LaVictor about homeschooling a girl athlete. Elena LaVictor is a graduate of Baker College and worked as a medical transcriptionist for over 25 years. She is married to her high school sweetheart, and they have raised and homeschooled six children. She has been a public speaker on the topics of marriage, homeschooling, and confirmation preparation. Elena was also a contributing author to the Catholic Mom's Prayer Companion. Great book. When she's not blogging, writing, homeschooling, or playing with her granddaughter, Elena practices and performs with her flute. She has recorded with the Peace Together Choir. You can find Elena at her blog, mydomesticchurch.com, and that will be in the show notes. Elena, thank you for being with us. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. It's a joy to meet you. Um, I love this topic. Could you just set the stage for us? What was your homeschool like before your girl athlete emerged into the mix? Okay. Well, I had, um, I gave birth to four little boys first. And um, I discovered very early on that boys needed a lot of physical activity to keep them under control. So they were swimmers. Um, I, I found out if they were in the water, they were more compliant when they got home. <laughs> so I was used to having kids in some kind of um, physical activity. So they swam, they played soccer. At one point, um, they, decided, they started having cross country at our parish. And I saw that in the bulletin and I, I signed them all up for running cross country. So we, my little baby girl at the time had that she saw that. She saw them playing soccer. She saw the boys um, and her sister at that time also uh, running cross country. So she, that was just natural for her, all of the um, busyness that comes with, you know, going to meets, eating right before we go to a meet, going to practices. That was just, that's just always been part of her life. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what made you realize that Rosie had a particular gift that needed special attention? I remember when she was old enough to run her first meet, and this was a community meet. There were going to be hundreds of people there, but they had the younger kids. They were going to run a fun run, uh -huh. and it was one-mile fun run. And she was, you know, she had been practicing, of course. You know, she would run, 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 and then she'd flop on the ground and, uh, you know, breathe <laughs> like a fish out of water and, and then get up and run again. So I didn't, I knew she had like no technique or no ability to pace, but she wanted to do this race. So um, just before the race started, she looked up to me and said, Mama, what if I don't win? And I said, oh, don't worry, honey, you're not going to win. <laughs> but I had had other kids say things to me like, what if I don't finish? Right. 
And here, this kid wasn't worried about finishing. She knew she'd finish, but she wanted to, you know, find out what would be the consequence of not winning. So that's when I thought, okay, she's got the right mindset for this. Yeah. That was the beginning. That's really interesting because that competitive edge that drives a true athlete, that ability to get in there and give everything they've got to really push to be first, um, that's a particular kind of a gift, isn't it? I think it is, yes. It is because mm. I have had other, like her sister, she was just in it because I told her, you have to have physical education. Yeah. <laughs> and this is my proof that we're doing that. And so she <laughs> stuck it out till eighth grade. She won a ribbon one time uh, for 15th place. And she was like, done, you know, <laughs> I got the award once, I'm done, you know. So yeah, that, that was her, but her sister is totally different, excuse me, different from that. Yeah, yeah, it's just a different nature. When you encounter a real athlete, there is there's definitely something different about them. Like I was the opposite as a kid. I was like the don't bump into me, don't hurt me. Ah, the water's too cold, kid. And when you oh. meet an athletic kid, you meet someone that has physical courage and a kind of determination right. that a lot of people just don't possess. And it helps them succeed in life. It's really something to see. Um, yeah. yeah. So what kinds of adaptations did you and your family in your homeschooling life have to make in order to help develop that gift in Rosie and help her to succeed? Okay. Well, the adaptations, I think, first started, you know, with her brothers. At the time, they had the the grade school kids were taking, were doing meets on Thursday night. If you have a meet on a Thursday night, that means you have to have your big meal in the middle of the day, right? So that you're not um, nauseous <laughs> when you're running <laughs> at five or six o'clock. I'm not sure how the school kids and their moms handled it, but um, my kids, you know, we had a big lunch and then by the time they ran, they'd already had like four or five hours of digestion. So that just making the meals um, timing the meals for everything. That was a big ad adaption. Um, but the biggest adaption, I think, for Rosie came when she started high school, because then, you know, grades really matter in high school for you even to participate in athletics. So um, for us, summer school became a big thing because I took the pressure off of her in the fall and I told her, okay, we're not going to push so hard in September and October but you're going to have to make that up in June and July. And she was cool with that. It took a lot of the pressure of trying to do so well academically and, um, and compete. Uh, it just took a little of the pressure off of her. And I think that was better for her overall well-being and health. Mm, yeah, I love that, that you struck a balance. And what a great life lesson for her, because I think, I don't know if this is as true for men. I think for some men it is, but for women, I feel like we think we have to do it all, all the time and we burn ourselves out. And just having that early training in pacing herself, in giving space for her to succeed in something that really mattered to her. Um, what wisdom. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're well, welcome. It, that, that definitely worked out for us. Um, now this year is her senior year. And of course, we won't have a June and July this year, but she's worked hard enough um, last summer that she can take it a little bit easy this fall. And um, there are some other things too, but she's she's more relaxed this fall and it's not as big a deal as it was for her freshman, especially her freshman year, freshman, sophomore, and junior year. Mm -hmm. And in, in the face of her emerging talent too, did you notice any shifting in terms of 
um, how you homeschooled the others or the amount of time that, that was spent on her athletic training. Um, what did you notice? Um, do you mean that I feel like it was um, taking away time from the others? Did you, something like that? Well, kind of um, like how did the family had to shift to accommodate uh, a special focus on her athletic development? Were there, oh, was, were there any changes well, um, that had to happen? You know, she's the baby of my family. So the older kids are <laughs> already living their own lives and driving. So actually, in a way, it's not fair because here's the younger kids have went to all the older kids, um, you know, championship games or, or big meets and everything. And I have to like, hey, your sister's running this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to come and watch, you know, um, it, they've already been there, done that. It's not a big deal to them. And I have to remind them it's a big deal to her, you know, if you could come. So, yeah, I don't think it affected them much at all. <laughs> um, no, my, my fourth son, you know, that was, we had to make a little bit more accommodation for him, but you know, then the girls were little, so they just had to come with me anyway. So, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. it's funny. Where you are in the family makes a big difference. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. At, at the point where she's the baby, you've got other people to help around the house and people that are just completely independent at that point. Yes, yes, that, that was true. Yeah, that was lucky. I do so, have my granddaughter who's over here every day. She's right now, she's in the basement watching a movie. <laughs> um, so... You know, she she's kind of getting the same experience that Rosie, my daughter, had in that, um, you know, she's being taken places because grandma just can't leave her here yet. You know, she's eight years old, almost nine years old, but she's seeing things. I think a lot of times when you take the younger kids, the younger athletes to see the older athletes, I think that's good for them. You know, they get to see kind of what their future could be. They get to see how those kids act. You know, the little kids always want to emulate the older kids. So uh, in a way, it's an education in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Were you athletic as a kid? I was a dancer. Oh. And then I was also um, a flutist. I'm still right. a flutist. Mm -hmm. And um, my experience with dance, although I loved it, was... Um, was not necessarily a positive experience. I mean, I enjoyed doing it. I had friends. I still have friends from that time in my life. But I felt that to advance um, as a dancer was kind of subjective on how you looked, what your body type was. And, um, you know, I had some problems with anorexia and stuff like that in my, in my past as a dancer. So I didn't want that for my daughters. I felt something like in sports, you either score the point or you don't. You either make the time or you don't, whether that's swimming or running. It's not subjective. It, there's, mm. there's a clock <laughs> and it doesn't pay, play favorites. And um, I like that better for their, for their mental health, I thought. Um, I thought that would be better. There were some other things that we found out that we had to deal with later. But, um, you know, just my experience in dance and the subjectiveness of that, I did not want my daughters to have that. Mm, what a great perspective, because so many high achieving girls, you know, nowadays, it seems to be epidemic eating disorders that 
comparison thing that has been exacerbated in our times for your daughters with social media and all of that nonsense. Um, but there is that thing, right, of that hyper-awareness of the body that can throw a girl off, make her never feel good enough, and, and can cause so much pain. So good for you just noticing that and navigating in a way that your daughters could have their whims and their achievements kind of in black and white and not take it on as a personal you know, reflection of their identity or their worth or something like that. That's, that's quite right. an achievement all by itself. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we're going to just take a short break for a word from our sponsors. We will be right back. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast. Which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now back to our program. Okay, we're back. We are here with Elena LeVictor, and we're talking about homeschooling a girl athlete. So were there times when athletics felt like it was crowding out other interests, academics? How do you strike a balance with that? I know you said that you were able to do some summer school, so the academic pressure wasn't so much. But was there uh, any struggle with having her focus on academics? On having her focus on academics? Mm -hmm. um, no, she's a good student, and she's always been very good at that. But I can tell you the academics actually were a blessing to her last year, because last year she developed a, um, a grade four tibial stress fracture. Ooh. And she developed it very early in the season of her junior year. So she, you know, like the second meet, um, she was so injured she couldn't finish the meet. Mm. And then we, after going to the doctor and MRIing and everything, we found out that she was not going to be able to run the rest of that season. And she couldn't really run pain-free until January. So that's a big chunk. And what do you do? That I'm a cross-country runner, you know. What am I going to do? I... I you know, I don't have any worth or anything, you know, she didn't say that, but you could tell that her, her, um, her self-esteem was a little bit wrapped up in that. I signed her up for some classes through Brave Rider, Julie Bogart's Brave Rider. Nice, courses. yes, I've heard of that program. And um, I signed her up for three of those. And she got such amazing feedback from the um, teachers that she couldn't wait for the next one. And that I could see that kind of boosted her. Okay, I'm not running, but boy, writing is kind of fun. I've never done this before. You know what I mean? She, but having her write for another person and get her, getting boosted that way was really a blessing. And also she got more into her piano playing. You know, I tried to, all of our kids are also musical and she was able, because she could run, you know, she was able to play and practice more. She still went to the meets. That's a very humbling thing to go to a meet um, and cheer your team when you are not participating. Um, but she, you know, and they did let her have a letter because she was on that bus every week and she would cheer for her teammates. But I think these other things, the academics turned out to be a blessing because it gave her, uh, showed her, you know what, I'm not just a runner. I'm also a writer and I'm also a, a good student. And, oh, look, at I can play this piece on the piano. You know, it just gave, it made her see that my whole person 
is important, you know. I think it also helped her faith, you know, that, um, you know, her faith in God that, you know, she would, he did heal her, she did heal. Uh, she had to follow the design of her body. You know, we're not designed to, <laughs> you know, run when we are in pain. You know, that was telling us something. So, and I think just having to sit and be still in that season uh, helped her grow in her faith. She did give a witness last year also to the confirmation class, and she mentioned all of that. So I think there were just a lot of, it was a painful time. It, yeah. I wouldn't want to do it again, but I think there was a lot of growth that came out of it. So for her and for me. Mm, yeah. I just want to notice as, as someone listening to you, the sensitivity with which you notice the gifts and the interests of your children, you know, you stepped in immediately with this invitation to write as a musician, you've encouraged your children to have that kind of, um, that aspect to their development, which is now, you know, has been proven by scientists to be so good for their brains and lots of other things, their imaginative thinking and all of that. Um, but just want to acknowledge you as a mom too, for trusting your own instincts in those moments when it may have felt catastrophic to your daughter to suddenly be taken out like that and also to be in physical pain and have to have the patience and and find the richness in the pause that that's a kind of suffering that to happen early wow those are some amazing lessons and love love that it helped her in her faith too mm. yeah thank you it, it, it really did yeah great so now great she's lessons. um you know senior year you're looking forward to what am i going to do in college and not surprisingly i guess she's looking at um, physical therapy, physical therapy assistance, because uh, that really helped with her recovery. And, you know, when you're at physical therapy, you see other people there for different things. And I think that kind of, um, you know, piqued her interest in that. So we'll see. We'll see where God leads her with that. Yeah, it's wonderful. I, I, I've heard other stories like that from moms where their kids went through something and it showed them a profession or a side of life that that intrigued them and really helped with their growth. Um, mm -hmm. What would you say if you just had to give some general tips to how to support a girl athlete? In other words, like, how is that different from supporting a boy athlete? Is there any difference? Could you just uh, speak to that a little bit, Elena? That is a great question. <laughs> with a boy athlete, you know, uh, their coaches are going to say, you know, you get out of this, what you put into it harder, faster, longer. And a boy and a boy's body, especially going through puberty with that testosterone, yes, he's going to build bigger muscles, stronger bones. And um, that is true for him. The more you put into it, the more you will get out of it for a boy athlete. Not go crazy, of course, you know, you've got to have good training and all that. But um, that is not the same for a girl. A girl, once she starts hitting puberty, there's going to be changes. And I've, I've, I've read a number of um, girl athletes um, who are now women, you know, um, American champion type women who have said, you know, you hit puberty and your times are slowing down because, you know, your body is changing. You're getting the wider hips and, and you're, you're starting menstruation and all of that. And well, the coach says, the more I put into it, the more I'll get out of it. And that's not true for the girl. Mm. For the girl, um, she's got to watch her iron. She's got to watch her 
calcium and vitamin D, you know, stress fracture. And also rest can be as beneficial to her as hard workout. And I don't think enough coaches, especially on the high school level, are, are educated in that. You know, I wasn't. I had had a boy athlete run varsity. And when my, when my girl, who was always top 10, like in sixth grade, seventh grade, start dropping to the middle of the pack, and I could still see her working hard, maybe even harder, but she wasn't getting the results. What, you know, I had to start researching that and figuring that mm. out. And it should have been so obvious. It's because her physiology is different. And I just think, um, you know, we have to be, you have to be aware of that. If you have a girl athlete, that things are going to change. She's going to get slower or whatever, regardless of what the sport is. And you just have to kind of keep her, um, you have to keep her motivated. That's really hard when you're putting all this into something and not getting a feedback, you know, not, not getting the results. You have to keep her motivated. You have to keep her, um, I think, the well, roundedness also helped. But uh, I think that's just, you have to keep that in mind with the girl. Um, hmm. There's something else I wanted to say about that. Maybe it'll come back. But that's the thing, just realizing that. I did read one athlete. Uh, she talked about when she was going to college, she would go in to look at the cafeteria and see where the athletes were. And she said, go to the college where the girl athletes are eating the French fries. Because that means they're not obsessing about, oh, I've got to just have salad for dinner. I've got to get thinner so that I can get faster because that's not going to work. If you have the girls that are cutting up a little bit and eating the French fries, having a pizza, you know, not every day, of course, but, you know, once in a while, look at that program a little bit more because those girls are not being stressed out. They're not being overly pushed more than what their body can handle. And I thought, okay, I'm not sure that. French fries are that nutritious, but I get what she's trying to say that you've got that there's got to be a balance and you got to maintain that in college too. Mm-hmm. And there's a mindset of just being young and carefree. They may never have an opportunity to enjoy again. Who knows where life will lead them? And to be able to be young girls, you know, to cut up or to skylark, as my father used to call it. We were four girls and two boys in our family. It's kind of the reverse of yours. And he loved all that skylarking. <laughs> And so such a nice thing to think of them popping a French fry in their mouth and giggling together instead of being just all work and no play and stressed out. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Interesting lessons. And good for you researching that, too, instead of, um, I don't know, just kind of falling in with the pack. What would you say is motivating for a girl athlete when when those kinds of challenges of puberty arise? Well, she needs to know you still love her, (laughs) that you're not going to, um, you know, when Rosie was running a race, my husband um, at one point would, you know, shout her times to her, Rosie, you're right here, you're at, you know, four minutes and whatever. And that can be helpful. But now he just shouts, you're looking great, Rosie, I love you. And she hears that and I can see her smile, you know. Um, I think they need to know that, that, you know, this is normal. Don't stress about it. You might have to have, take your coach aside a little bit and, and talk to him. Um, I've also had to tell my daughter, um, I, I've kind of had to almost take her coaching, take a coaching part in it, you know, and say, yeah, I know he told you this. I want you to do this <laughs> mm-hmm. because, um, 
you know, he's looking after the whole team. He's got the whole team's interest at heart. I, I only care about her. I mean, I care about the team too, but I want her to be um, whole when she gets done with it. And, um, you know, and then afterwards, good job. Good job. Did you do mm-hmm. your best? That's all you can do. You know, now let's mm-hmm. go home and get some popcorn and watch that movie we talked about or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing there's something to look forward to besides the meat. Just, yeah, my right. family's going to be there for me and life's going to go on. Uh, any final thoughts to leave with moms and dads listening who might be noticing an athletic gift in one of their daughters? Okay. Well, besides the pitfalls of puberty, um, the other <laughs> thing I would say is there's a lot of benefit to being on a team sport. Even if your kid is you know, not going to go to regionals and states and the Olympics, uh, they make friends and those friendships are a big deal. Um, if, if they're middle of the pack runners, they're still keeping, they're getting their physical health. You know, you can't beat the cardiac benefit um, of being in a sport. And um, I will tell you that my, my fourth son just married his college sweetheart. They met on the cross country team and they were both middle of the pack runners, you know, but my daughter-in-law, you know, she would, she would run her best and she'd be like, Oh, I got a second off my time. And she would celebrate that second off her time. Wonderful. So just having that, um, there's benefits, even if you're not, okay, you didn't get a medal. What else did you get? You know, you got a good experience. You made better friendships you know, a, a match for life. <laughs> That's yes. what came out of their experience. So there, there's other hidden benefits that are just as important and maybe will even last longer, you know. Mm-hmm. And I love so that, that your daughter that when she fun. was, yeah, thank you for that. I love that your daughter would ride the bus and cheer her team on too. Look at the kind of character it takes. As you said, it was humbling. So all sorts of hidden lessons, the self-discipline, the perseverance, to a degree, to a healthy degree, playing through pain, right? Sometimes we have a sore muscle or whatever, and not just sitting on the sidelines giving up. But those middle-of-the-pack runners finding so much to enjoy and to help in their development and lift their lives up in so many ways. Um, What a beautiful opportunity for our girls and our boys, of course. Um, Thank you so much, Elena. It's just been a pleasure kind of um, looking at this with you as someone who's not athletic but who appreciates the team spirit and the camaraderie and all of the effort that goes into athletic achievement. It's really neat to hear from your point of view, surrounded by all these athletic young people that you've raised. It's just so fun. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Yeah, we'll do it again if you like. I'd love to have you back, Elena. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Find Elena at mydomesticchurch.com. That's in the show notes. And, uh, and we'll have her back again soon. Thank you all for listening and God bless you. Thank you. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.